Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Uh, focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. My name's Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And this week we're going to be chatting to Soma Gosh. She's a careers advisor and the founder of career happiness mentor she's got a lovely website and also she has a podcast also called career happiness mentor about all things careers we're going to be chatting to her about depression anxiety bullying and redundancy soma welcome to mentally yours thank you for joining us um so lovely to have you on yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Great. Um, I think I'd like you to start by telling us a bit about um, basically your work struggles and how that affected your mental health without naming names and sort of, um, you know, sort of being a bit wary of the legal side of things, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes um, a lot of sense. So in terms of my work struggles, um, where would you like me to begin? Because um, for me, it started um, quite a while ago. It started actually originally in um, 2010 when I went through redundancy and then later on I was bullied. So would you like me to go back to the beginning or would you like me to talk more about the bullying? I mean, I think at the beginning is, yeah, is good. So um, unfortunately, I've had <laughs> my fair share of mental health struggles. It initially started when I went through redundancy. And um, the redundancy was not expected. I was working um, in an educational setting. I was a careers advisor. I loved what I did. But then I was made redundant and um, I was quite young at the time. I was in my late 20s. And um, for me, I thought, that's it. I'm going to stay in that one career and this is it. This is what I'm going to be doing. So for me, I went through a period of reactive depression. I just felt like, what am I going to do now? How am I going to, um, you know, go into a space where I know what I'm doing? And for me, it started with just not knowing who I was. That's where it initially started in terms of my um, redundancy and losing my job. Um, but if we go a little bit more deeper into that, um, I always felt a little bit out of place since my childhood. 
I lost my dad when I was very young and I never really dealt with that. And I only started to realize with the work struggles I was having later on in life, because what ended up happening is I took a year out after my redundancy. I started a business and I now help women who are unhappy at work. But then I paused on my business for a short period of time for about a year. I went back to a job. And within that job, I was in a situation where I didn't even realize I was being bullied at first. I just thought, oh, this is another, you know, like awkward boss. She's somebody who perhaps is a little bit like micromanaging. But it started off with emails initially, um, her sending me emails, her walking into my office unannounced, those kind of things. And then it started to get worse, especially when I handed my notice in to the point where um, she would just pick at things constantly. And I was in a situation where in an email, she was calling me out for something that I hadn't even done. And not just that, you know, um, there was an incident where there was somebody who was meant to be taking over my job. And she just told her, everything bad I'd been doing and I'd just been um, congratulated by one of the heads a year so I knew she had a personal problem with me and during that period I was suffering from very severe anxiety to the point where I was at my um, I used to have a walking clinic down the road from where I live but not anymore because obviously they don't exist that much as as much now But when um, I went to the walk-in clinic, I had a panic attack, basically, and I had to be seen by a GP. And so um, for me, I didn't realise it was anxiety. I just thought, okay, maybe I'm just feeling a little bit out of sync. And it turned out I'd had anxiety since I was a child, basically. I just never knew because I'd never really dealt with many of my emotions properly. But that is kind of the context of my work struggles and my mental health journey. And it's been, it's been ongoing, really. I know you said that um, you didn't realise it was bullying at first. You kind of went, oh, maybe it's just a weird management relationship, blah, blah, blah. What made you realise, like, this isn't acceptable, this isn't right? So um, thank you for asking that question. There was a really horrible incident, actually, Ellen, where she um, shouted at me. It was quite embarrassing. I'd organised an event. Um, I was meant to look after all these students and um, it was to help the students. And she just shouted at me on the phone and she basically said, you didn't tell me there was another speaker coming. Even though, ironically, the event went swimmingly, it was Mm -hmm. very ironic. She shouted at me and I knew then that this behaviour was not acceptable. And I wanted to cry, but I couldn't because had to be strong in front of the students I literally was you know 10 minutes away from going into the classroom and saying to them that you know these speakers have come to help you with apprenticeships and etc but that that was the nail in the coffin for me knowing this person just didn't respect me and the shouting the shouting was not acceptable at all and what kind of effect was this having on your mental well-being because I know you said you kind of realized you were starting to have anxiety But um, what was the impact of working with this kind of bullying boss on you outside of work? It affected me tremendously um, to the point where I stopped socialising with my friends. My friends would message me and they'd say, Soma, do you want to go and have coffee? Uh, Soma, do you want to go and do this? And I didn't go out on the weekends. 
And not just that, the work itself was very toxic. Um, it was a part-time role and I was expected to work full-time hours. So sometimes on my weekends, I was doing work, um, which obviously was mentally exhausting me. On top of that, um, I'm married and, um, you know, I would have arguments with my husband and I wasn't myself. I just was not myself. And I felt like emotionally and mentally I didn't even talk to my mum or my sister about it who I'm very close with and I just closed myself off completely and I just couldn't cope at all with it. So how did you get yourself out of of that situation? I mean because it does sound so difficult and, and so toxic. Was it a matter of sort of did it get to a point where it was sort of so much you kind of just had to walk away from it? After the handing in the notice, you know, it did it did get even worse, I noticed, um, because I think she wasn't very happy that I was leaving. Um, but it got to a point where, because I'd already started this business where I was helping women who are unhappy at work, I realised I kind of became my ideal client, but the worst kind of example in a way, if that makes sense, because um, I'd never really experienced bullying before. Um, I'd experienced, you know, difficult bosses and things like that. But I'd never experienced it to this degree. So the the kind of end point was for me was that do I want to stay in a job where I'm not appreciated? I'm not, um, you know, um, given the respect I deserve. And because I knew I was good at my job, I always used to get good feedback. So do I want to stay in this situation or do I want to get out of it? So I decided to leave because I knew I had something that was waiting for me because I had clients waiting for me to work with me, you see. But I think um, having worked with clients who are in this situation, many people don't leave because they don't always have options or they think it's the only way to cope in, in those bad situations. They think that it's acceptable to put up with that, but it's not. I think also something you said about you knew you were good at your job Whereas I think for a lot of people I've spoken to who've experienced similar is they start to like doubt themselves and they start to believe the kind of message that they're not good or they're rubbish and they're not supposed to be there. Did you ever struggle with that kind of side of things? She made me start to think that um, my um, postgrad that I did in careers guidance wasn't, you know, validated. The experience I had working in schools wasn't validated. So no, definitely I felt imposter syndrome I felt a sense of you know am I really worthy because if this person is nibbling at my ears and the other thing that I did that I haven't shared is I kept on doing this weird thing of trying to please the person and realizing I was never going to please them and that's also when I realized it was bullying. How did you go about getting your confidence back after a situation like that and also I guess both situations in terms of being made redundant um before but also that situation with the bully because I mean it can really knock you can't it that's that's the problem and like you say it's it's really great that you you obviously hung on to the confidence to start your own business but um was there a process that you went through did you have therapy what did you find helpful so there are a few different things actually um one of the first things that, that happened is weirdly after the redundancy I met my husband, who was one of my biggest supporters, and he really, really encouraged me to start my business. So I started it originally in 2013. Then obviously I took a break. Um, but I would say that he really, really helped me believe in myself, but also because I always used to get a lot of good feedback from clients, from the people I worked with. 
But when I went through the bullying, um, I knew I needed therapy because, as I mentioned, I lost my dad when I was young. And the other thing that really affected me is I lost my father-in-law, who was like my second father. And I hadn't really dealt with that very well. Um, so I know I knew I needed therapy to deal with repeating patterns of people pleasing, of being a giver, of being somebody that overstretched themselves. So therapy really, really helped. But in terms of the confidence, there were a lot of things that I had to do. I had to think about um, a little bit of coaching as well, which really, really helped me. And I think as I started to do my business and I started to help these women who were going through very similar journeys, in a way, as cool as it may sound, I found that it was quite healing. And I found that that was my purpose, to support them, to help them. But in terms of the confidence, the way that I mainly got my confidence back was, you know, like I'm sharing my story here was to, was to talk about it because there aren't many people like me who are talking about these kind of things. And in my community, a lot of mental health is, is hidden and I don't think it, it should be at all. So for me, the way that I regain my confidence is by having a supportive family and really, really putting myself out there um, in a way that I never thought that I would, but the therapy definitely helped. The therapy helped me a lot to see that I had repeating patterns and I needed to change my behavior and assert myself because when this person bullied me, I never stood up to them. And I could see that that was a repeating pattern for a long time. So I need to make sure that I, I worked on myself, but that is kind of gradually how I um, you know, overcame the confidence. And for me now, because I really, really enjoy what I do, I feel that the confidence has not only been regained, it's been reignited because I finally realised this is what I was meant to do. Were you nervous to start kind of talking about this so openly? Because like you say, not many people are. There's something really kind of, there's a bit of embarrassment, I feel, to admit like I was really struggling at work. Yeah, it's very interesting you ask that. Um, I feel that there is a little bit of embarrassment there. I feel that there's a little bit of shame. Um, recently, I was doing a, a Twitter space is actually just last week where I was talking to someone who talks about harassment and bullying in the workplace. And we were having this discussion around not just the shame, the belief. So I actually told my I actually told someone what was going on with me and they didn't believe me. And so because of that belief with the kind of it's kind of semi gaslighting, you could say, because they reflected back and said, oh, so are you sure? Are you sure they're not just being difficult? Are you sure they're not just being, you know, um, funny? I'm sure I'm sure you're imagining it. And um, that is, I think, a big reason why many people don't. But also not just the embarrassment in my community. And I come from an Asian background. Um, I see that people not only talk about mental health, there is shame. Um, in terms of feeling like you're a failure when you're not, you know, because no one deserves to be treated that way. Yeah, I think the fear of failure is a real thing as well, where it's kind of like, oh, I wasn't tough enough to keep going or I wasn't like strong enough to handle it. When obviously the reality should be like, you shouldn't have to handle like terrible treatment. It's really difficult to move past that. What do you recommend to people who are maybe struggling with that idea of, if I admit that I'm struggling, I'm admitting defeat. I don't think it's defeat. I think you're sharing your truth and you're saying that this is happening to me. So you're sharing your 
feelings. The other thing to really, really think about is, you know, do you have some kind of contingencies plan or exit plan? For a lot of people, you know, I deal with a lot of people who can't leave their jobs necessarily. Um, I've worked with a couple of clients who've been in that position and they've had um, other people helping them within their workforce, but they come to me externally because they're looking for an extra voice, an extra support. And when they've been in that situation, um, I've said, is there a way that you can pivot? Is there a way that you can, you know, start thinking about a new scenario for you? But I think one key piece of advice I would say is definitely talk to somebody that you trust. If you feel that you can't talk to someone in your workforce, then try and see if you can talk to, you know, um, a, a therapist or a coach or a counsellor. Start there and then start thinking about if you are feeling these feelings and if you've done an account. So one of the suggestions that I made in an article I wrote a long time ago is keep a record because I started keeping a record of the bullying incidents and then I realised, oh, my God, there's this pattern, you know, which is which was quite alarming, actually. Um, um, but that, but that is what I would say. Start with keeping a, a record of things, a written record, and then start to process what are you going to do? Are you going to stay in that job? Are you going to slowly make a complaint if you want to? Because not everybody does. I didn't because, A, I wasn't believed, and, B, it got to the point where my mental health was so bad I couldn't go through that horrible process, if that makes sense. Have you had to see the person um, that bullied you? since you left or have you been in contact in any way no I haven't luckily no it just must be really difficult I think for those people that you were sort of talking about who are kind of stuck in the jobs well or don't or feel that they're stuck rather and in terms of finances don't feel that there's another option for them at, at the moment because I guess it's it's then sort of trying to manage your manager or whoever it is that's making your life difficult yeah, no, I definitely hear what you're saying there. And I think um, in that way, there needs to be a tough decision around if if there is financial implications, then talking to someone who can maybe move you to a different department. Because what was weird about where I was working is someone else was being bullied in another school and they did move her. And I think maybe if I'd voiced my opinion a little bit more assertively at the time, perhaps they would have moved me but unfortunately my manager didn't want to listen to me she had a different manager so I do also think that when empathy is lacking in your manager um, and if they don't want to help you it can be very very difficult to think about a process out of that but no I totally hear what you're saying on that. I'd love to talk more about kind of finding happiness in work whether you think that's possible or not um, I think in the pandemic, one thing that I've heard from a lot of people is people kind of questioning, am I doing what I really want to be doing? Is this fulfilling to me? How do you go about finding work that is fulfilling and actually feels good? Or is that a kind of ridiculous dream where everyone has to do things that maybe aren't always great? I think it's a very interesting question. I mean, for me, the reason why I came up with the name Career Happiness Mentor is because I'm a careers advisor. And if I went around saying just trauma gosh, careers advisor, it just doesn't have that, you know, that that punch to it. I think I think you guys know what I mean by that. And 
what I found is all the stories that I've heard and the women that I've spoken to, not everybody, sometimes some people just come to me because they, they know exactly what they want. But for the majority of people, happiness was at the forefront. So what I mean by that is happiness in terms of not necessarily getting a pay rise or promotion. Those are the conventional things that people put in a box. But happiness in terms of um you know, thinking about a career that fits around motherhood, perhaps going freelance, thinking about, you know, with this pandemic and everything that's happened in the last year, you know, people having a lot more um, flexibility to do a side hustle plus have a job. So happiness can mean lots of things to different people. And I think for me, the reason why the word happiness really, really came at me and helped me to think about how I was going to help people and how people um, were going to be able to get some kind of fulfillment was because that's the key word that when I was talking to people was coming up, I'm not happy, trauma, help me. Um, so whether it's possible or not, I think it's a process. I mean, wherever you are, whether you've got a business, whether you work in HR, whether you're a doctor, um, it's an ongoing journey that you need to develop. And I think the key thing behind it is looking at your values. So one of the reasons why I feel that I was so unhappy in that job is because I was under a lot of dictatorship, you see. And I think there are many people who are unhappy at work who feel like they can't be themselves. And I wasn't being who I really, really am. And I think that that is a key to happiness, being who you are. And obviously you need to have separation between work and life, but I feel like a lot of people hide the real them at work and then they end up resenting it because they're not presenting a true version of themselves so I think it's an ongoing process I think it's something that you need to develop through self-development therapy lots of different things but for me happiness is the just the key word that comes up a lot and that's why I'm so passionate about it mm. um, can you tell us a bit about your podcast um because you've got the website again we've also got the podcast which is also of the same name and um, why did you want to set that up so it, it was an idea that came up from a business mentor actually that I was working with and she said to me because I'm an I'm, I am an introvert and I tried video and you know it was okay I'll be honest with you but for me I preferred the audio aspect and she just said so wouldn't it be great if you know you did episodes around workplace bullying and around um, toxic workplace culture and things like that and also when because I listened to so many podcasts um, I began to see that yeah there's loads of podcasts out there um, but there are many podcasts where you know someone like me is speaking on them so for me it became like a passion project but also even though I run a business there are a lot of people who can't work with me one-to-one and especially during the pandemic there were so many people who were listening to the podcast who didn't have any other resource you know and I not only started it to help those people but I also thought this is a way for me to express who I really really am um, but also help people and that's initially why I started it and why I continue to do the podcast. What kind of reaction have you had from listeners and kind of the people that you've helped? Because I imagine you must have some really, you know, quite powerful stories of genuinely helping people. For me, some of the things that people have said, because for me, my values 
are about kindness and about um, empathy and about really, really caring. Because even though I wouldn't technically put myself in the coaching sphere, some people think I'm a coach and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, um, some of the things they've said is that I'm I'm kind, I'm caring, I listen. Um, I I basically sometimes I'm the only person that's listening to them because their family or their environment is not allowing them to thrive. So I think the most kind of common thing that people have said is that is that I'm genuine um, and I'm myself. So um, those are the kind of things that they've said. And I think also just being very, very passionate about caring about where they want to go rather than what other people want for them. So those are the kind of things that I guess people have, have said. And in terms of the reaction to the podcast, um, recently the podcast was listed on a um, a list of, of 80 career podcasts, which I didn't expect. I don't know how it happened. So it's having quite a good reaction, I would say. Um, but I always kind of humble myself back because I'm quite down to earth. And for me, it, it's a process where... Um, this is my passion. It's kind of my thing that I do because I feel like it's my sole purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the Career Happiness Mentor and that's your website and podcast. What's the one bit of advice that you have for kind of everyone who is unhappy with their work? What's the kind of immediate life-changing thing? I know it might be more of a process than one thing, but if there were one thing that you could say to people who are struggling, what advice would you give? One piece of advice that I, I would say is to look at a pattern that keeps on coming up in terms of the happiness. So I know that might sound quite general, but what I mean by that, and it definitely is a process, it's not something that you can kind of jump into overnight in terms of change, any form of change. But I, I would say that look at a pattern of something that keeps on coming up. So for example, one of the things that I see with a lot of people who are unhappy at work is they job hop. So they go from job to job to job. Another pattern that I see is that um, they're working for the wrong reasons. So money is very important. And I've written an article about money and why it's so important. But also, what excuses are you making? So is money the excuse that you keep on making? Not in a bad way. I'm just saying that if you have a family to feed and all of that, of course, it's important if you've got a mortgage. But for me, the key advice would be to look at a repeating pattern, because for me, many of the people who are unhappy at work, they're unhappy at work because they're not changing their situation. So that is the key bit of advice that I would say. Look at the pattern of. I was just nodding along to that and then realized like they can't see me <laughs> but it was it's really I think helpful what you've said and I think also a lot of people listening will be like that might actually inspire some change which is really powerful so thank you. Mm. Since you've just given us such great great advice I wondered if you had any um, thoughts or advice for people um, who are struggling at the moment, who have recently been made redundant, any tips or advice? Um, because it's obviously quite a difficult time for a lot of people. Yeah, no, it is a really, really, really difficult time. Um, I still get messages from people. I was talking to someone the other day, actually, um, just on one of the spaces, actually, 
Um, and I know that a lot of people have been unemployed for more than eight months, which is sad to hear. I, I feel very sad because I, re I really do care about my community out there. But one of the key pieces of advice I would say is that if you have been made redundant and, you know, we're talking on a mental health podcast, the first thing I would say is, are you looking after your mental health first before you even think about the practical aspects? And you may think, why am I saying that? But uh, I've got a psychology background before I actually did my postgrad. And for me, the key thing that I didn't look after, I just kept on thinking, oh, where's the next job? Where's this? Where's that? Is to think about, you know, like, what impact has it had on me? Because if you're blindly going for interviews one after another and you're applying, you're applying, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to burn you out. So the first thing I would address is look at the impact it's had on you because most people say, oh, it's not had any impact on me. I'm fine. I'm fine. But there is an emotional impact that redundancy has. I know that having gone through it myself and um, I think the key thing is to look at that emotional impact, reflect on it. And then when you're applying for those jobs, when you're in a good emotional frame of mind, then think about, am I using LinkedIn in the right way? Have I applied for the right recruitment recruiters? If I am thinking about a career change and I need money, then maybe what I need to be doing is I'll get this job for a certain period of time and then I can start planning my career change. So, think about small steps but think about firstly looking at yourself first your emotional self first and then plan the kind of career and job hunting things that you need to do is what I would say but lastly I'd also want to say that because things are easing up now when I mean easing up I mean that the job market is slightly better now. There are a lot of jobs out there. And I'm not saying that to give false hope. I'm seeing more and more people on my LinkedIn network getting jobs who weren't getting jobs like nine months ago. So please keep going is what I would say, because the thing is, is if you give up, you're not going to get those opportunities. So, so keep going and you'll get there. So this is goodbye. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Mentally Yours.